QVC Quality Violent Cinema. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Quality Violent Cinema Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Ian, with your other hosts, Christian. Today, we're going back to Japan, but we're going back for a different reason. Instead of for all the splatter cyber horror that we saw last time, we're going to actually do fetishes. Some of it is kind of horror related. Some of it is more gross out. Some of it's just weird. It does fit under our podcast, I think, because some of it is pretty damn violent and some of it's pretty creepy. Yeah, or a bit of everything. Yeah. Uh, Just a heads up, I had to take a little break, so I didn't really do too much studying on this, so it's going to be a lot of Christian's knowledge. I have seen some of this stuff, so I might chime in here and there. But uh, afterwards, we're going to be talking to Sam Hell, huge name right now in the underground horror community i think you've been following him for a pretty long time right yeah and i'm been collecting a lot of his stuff yeah when we first met uh, i think you asked me if i had any broke house stuff i was like no yeah it's a common thing to ask people yeah i dropped out of uh the horror community like paying attention to the underground scene for a very long time so when I came back, everyone was talking about Sam Hell. It was crazy because I think I saw like rumblings of Molly Walsh Entertainment or whatever back then, but I had no idea. So it'll be interesting to hear that whole story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so let's get into our topic now. Uh, that's going to be Japanese fetish. So let's begin here. We got a list once again. This is christian's list because i didn't do very much studying (laughs) but i might chime in here and there so yeah and i kind of picked one based on different forms of japanese fetish uh, because there's a lot Uh, japanese love the different forms of fetish if there's a thing that you can make of as a fetish japanese has a market for it and you know what my theory is for that i think it's because of censorship I think it's because they have all the nudity censored out. So it's like, well, we have to find a a new kind of way to get the money shot. Yeah. And you look at where, I mean, look, tentacle porn wouldn't be a thing if there wasn't like blurred out penetration because that's the only thing they can escape. It was like, oh, well, penis is not okay, but a tentacle, that's fine. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it just, it's just goes to show that something like, censorship can push people to eat their own poop you know like so yeah it's just ridiculous that they're still are they still censoring out body parts in japan yeah well there's different forms of what was why they were censoring so some of it was actually because of um, pubic hair Uh, Uh, and then whenever they started shaving the pubes a little bit more the the blur became smaller but they still blur out the direct penetration or anything that's like an organ touching skin wow i hope that i hope that stops someday (laughs) well yeah but it's funny because a lot of people now they'll bring in japanese um 
porn stars and bring them into American um, companies so that they can basically make uncensored Japanese stuff and distribute it actually in America. So yeah, the first movie we're going into is The Transgressor from 1974. Which is also School of the School of the Holy Beast, which... You know, we're starting off with one that I've seen, actually. So, well, a lot of this is we're going what, early, so this is seventies. Yeah. So yeah, I've seen some some of the early stuff, which is kind of falls into the pinku pinku exploitation category. Yeah, um, and this goes into nonploitation as well. Yeah this this is a good one. It's pretty thin on plot. It's just this chick goes to a convent and joins, and you know she. She gets pretty, pretty much tortured and messed up by this. Uh, she's like the head mother, and she's just a psychopath, and she's doing all this crazy shit. There's a lot of drawn out sex scenes too, and it's pretty violent. Yeah, another thing that was, became very popular um, in the '70s was all the women in prison. Uh, Japanese definitely started that whole thing, but. A good one that goes into the women in prison is true story of a woman in jail, uh, sex hell. Um, there's different ones within that, like the different names, but um, same with like we don't have to bring it all the time. But the scorpion um, prisoner in number seven hundred one, kind of Just, in the same realm of that. Oh, okay. But it's not Mayo Kokaji. But it's nineteen seventy five. No, a lot more sexual because the other ones are kind of. They're sexual, but they're also just exploitation engines as a sense of women in, in prison. Not necessarily has to be sexual. Another one that I haven't really got into, but I just thought it was funny to add to the fetish was Nasty Diver. And I just feel like I just bring any, another example of anything being turned into a fetish. Um, even just separating it out into like girl in a sailor outfit is you know there's a bunch of movies just called sailor uniform you know they're just take any aspect even a thing of clothing and just make a fetish out of it um one that goes also into that and go into the schoolgirl um type mentalities a few of them into the angel guts um one of the first ones is the high school co-ed um those are really cool there's a few of the angel guts they got really popular I saw one of those ones. I forgot which one. I think it was called Nami or something. Mm-hmm. And um, I was so let down because it's called Angel Guts. And like that sounds gnarly. No. So it, I was like waiting for some gore or whatever. Yeah. It's more of a sex quotation. Yeah. And I, I just remember them being really well shot. They looked good. Uh, one of them was, um, you know, we've talked about some of the people that made the Angel Guts movies. Toshiharu Ikaida did. I think he did... Um, Evil Dead Trap. I don't know. A lot of these horror directors from Japan that we've talked about in the past did a lot of these Pinku movies in the seventies, eighties, nineties. Yeah, no, for sure. There's a huge amount. Uh, I could do. We could we do multiple, multiple episodes. There's so many. Another one that's good is uh, Zoom Up Rape Site. There's a bunch of the Zoom that, Ups. That's good. <laughs> well, <laughs> Zoom uh, Up Rape Site. Uh, well, I wouldn't recommend to say the rape is good, but I'm just saying yeah. <laughs> that the franchise, there's a bunch of them. Another good fetish to get into, rope is all over everywhere. Um, there's a bunch of tying up and different things in the play of that. Um, 
And then another one that, I mean, they do it on girl, boy, like um, rope of boys and rope of beasts. And, um, <laughs> what the? The rope of boys is weird because they're like a bunch of little Nazi soldiers and Speedos. Wow. Is that Japanese? Yeah. What? Wow. Yeah. They, I guess, like I said, there's so many weird ones. And then there's Subway, you know, a lot of Subway rape movies. Um, that's really popular. I remember when I went to Japan, I went to... Uh I went to a couple porn shops just to check them out because I knew I'd find some interesting stuff. Yeah, and there was a whole section just based on subway. Oh, I believe and it. Molestation. And I stuff. was listening to a podcast recently with a guy um, who's he's part of this whole thing, but he he lives in Japan and he's talking about how the DVD stores aren't DVD stores. They're porn stores with DVDs kind of thrown throughout. So you can find guinea pig <laughs> at a porn store um, <laughs> over in Japan, and that's kind of what most of them are. There's not just like a select store to just get yeah. like, horror films. That's why I went to the porn shops, honestly, is because like any time I'd... Because I was like looking for some... I found some cool horror movies while I was there, but I was thought maybe a porn shop would have some of the kind of guinea pigs or unearthed style stuff but yeah it's no luck on the super extreme stuff there yeah apparently it's not as easy as you think to find this even being in japan it's still hell of expensive yeah it's crazy that they're they had the pinku trend for so long Mm -hmm. and you know a lot of that stuff it's still being made now, but it's just kind of transferred over to adult video stuff. Yeah. One that I found that I thought was really interesting and kind of creepy uh, was Woman in a Box. Uh, there's a couple of them, but um, they're crazy. They're just kind of kind of, kind of like the same thing of torturing somebody but leaving them in this really claustrophobic container and just bringing them out whenever they feel they want to. That sounds depressing yeah uh entrails of a virgin oh yeah yeah that was great um 1986 we've talked about it a little bit already yeah well we wanted to bring it up last episode with japanese depravity but we just felt that it was just so much more sexual than and and still very graphic so it was just one of those ones it's hard to figure out which one to be through it and so we decided to throw it in there yeah this 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 one's cool it's it's a lot like you know a movie like Eat the Schoolgirl or uh, what what else did we talk about? You know that were horror pinku movies. Girl Helen. Yeah, so there's just long sex scenes or rape scenes or whatever, and it's that stuff's fast forwardable. But this one kind of has a good payoff because at the end it becomes a supernatural slasher. I guess you could call it. Mm-hmm. Because one of the Yakuza guys. Yeah. And there's entrails of a virgin and there's entrails of a beautiful woman. Yeah. Which I, I mix up. I honestly, I, but I think entrails of a virgin is the one with the monster, right? Yeah. And it's also guts of a virgin, depending on what edition you yeah. have. That was 1986. 
But just like getting into naked blood, if you want to go to a certain director that's just kind of has oh, his hands and, yeah. and a bunch of stuff, um, he did that and celluloid nightmares, which is different than the don't confuse with uh, Muzani. Um, nightmares. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which is totally different. It's uh, the American thing is rewind. Um, if you're trying to find the American name for it. Uh, it's really hard to find because of the fact that people confuse it. So a lot of people don't, don't bother. But it's it's good. It's like a tamed down version of Muzani just without all the period blood, essentially. Sounds good, though. It's shot on film, so mm. <laughs> might be kind of yeah. fun to watch. And to briefly talk about this director, just to go how crazy he started going into what he is now. He did this movie called Rough Sex, which is basically forms of bestiality in it and yeah and it's it's pretty fucking gross but it's how he started and but he came out and started making some more respectable films you know like naked blood and all this and so people just kind of made a pass of like i know we used to make bestiality <laughs> but we really like naked blood it's kind of <laughs> like victor salva the guy that made jeepers creepers yeah it's like yeah he he may have done something, but yeah, makes he good also movies. he also did the um, Lolita vibrator torture, which is really bizarre, and it's a good one to watch if you're into that shit. Yeah, well, dude, sounds like he's got a he's bizarre. He's got a few, a few issues to work out. Another one to get into that's really fucking bizarre. I love though, um, a garden without birds. I don't know too much on this. I just kind of randomly came across it, and it's. It's short bizarre. Film. Short film, right? Yeah, it's not very long. Um, but, oh my god, is it fucking weird. It gets pretty gory at the end. Yeah. Like, it makes the whole thing worth it. You should make a couple clips. Mm-hmm. And just the, the main guy is just, his acting is so over the top. Angel going, Darkness. Well, Angel of the Darkness is what we were bringing up briefly before about tentacle porn. This is like a five-part series that came out that is... It's pretty uh, pretty popular. Um, yeah, I remember reading genre. about this one. I had an um, extreme, extreme. La Blue Girls gym. did kind of did that too, uh, similar to that. But the the Blue Girl did you know? There's a comic and there's a live action. There's the anime. There's a bunch of stuff. I wouldn't be surprised if there's an anime to Angel of Darkness. Angel of Darkness, though. Yeah, I remember reading about them in my extreme Japanese horror book and. I didn't realize that they were they were full on. They look like adult video, like yeah, porns. More but than yeah, but like and the porn. special effects with the tentacles are just laughable. Nice. Yeah, and this genre hasn't really um, stopped. Like Sweet Whip that came out in um, 2017, and there's been a bunch of that kind of come off and give a tribute to a lot of the 70s and 80s uh, Pinku movies. Um, Sweet Whip was good. Um, it's kind of like a revenge almost, but with this girl that's like a S and M. Um, and then going more, we're going more into the actually now the more extreme stuff to start with. Um, there's Saudi screams which we've got into with the five, and there's definitely one that people bring up a lot. One that's definitely nowhere near as good and fairly pretty crappy as a centric psycho cinema it's pretty boring and it's tame and it's it's i don't know what's much to think about i've tried to make it through a few of them and it's just 
They're just ugly looking too. Yeah, really they're not poorly the best done, filmed and edited, and yeah. Mm-hmm. But now they're going into some good stuff that's pretty notorious. Terrible meal. Uh, it's just going into this, all kinds of nasty stuff. I'm not watching one. Terrible Meal. Why? It's just I watched a review for it that was censored, and I it grossed me out too much to even watch. Yeah, the it's this is girl overeating on this all this food and then just pukes it all up and then it extends into a porno afterwards and all this stuff um similar to squirm fest that's kind of in the same aspect but that just throws in some shit play and um and then going and to worms yeah and then going into um well ptj which um is basically kuso unlimited pretty gross shit i mean no pun intended um it just pretty much is that pretty similar to Guso Milk, and there's there's a bunch in that realm. There's uh, Vomit Anima, Ecstasy, which is another part of the PTJ stuff, and then um, I really like the ones that get a little bit more on the darker, um, more like gothic realm of things. Like there's uh, the Arab, um, and there's a bunch of those that, um, that have like the um, all uh, women ghosts and. Right? Yeah, there's one that's done with carbs. It's basically like a slit mouth uh, woman ripoff, but it's done into a porn. Yeah, the um, carved slit mouth woman porns are funny. Yeah, um, and the, yeah, and the KT trilogy is awesome. The gay ass, uh, gay ass side. <laughs> Uh, there's a bunch of the different ones that break the up. GKSD. The GKSD. Yeah, GKSD. That's what is that? That's what I watched at your house, right? Yeah, and that's that, and then the MDKK, whatever the hell that one is. There's three different parts. Yeah, those are the ones that seem to be buzzing the most right now, like in the underground community. They're, I feel they're like a lot of people up. are going for those now. Yeah, like, I like them using those know. as bragging rights. But well, it's because of the, they're so well shot. And they are definitely pretty yeah. graphic and going there. But the pain gate does that too, and that's another one that you know is. I'm yeah, surprised kind of people don't talk about it as much. But they, you know they're all into the KT trilogy, but they don't get much in the pain gate. And there's a lot more pain gates. There's a ton of them. The I'd say the first GKSD video that you showed me started with two girls actually sewn to each other, yeah, stitches uh, like a Siamese twin, but then they pop all those stitches next one they like stuck needles and pretty much every part of someone's body yeah the one that messed me up i think the most i thought was cool is just the when he puts the needles through her tongue and she has a tongue piercing already that's a bar going but they just slit her tongue all the way to the where her other piercing already is and then just lets the piercing just drop out of her tongue that they just split it's pretty gross uh that about rats it up i mean yeah, I, I mean, this is the thing. There's so much <laughs> fetish. I'm, I'm Japanese, they're crazy when it comes to that. The, you know, the panties and vending machines and just how much fetish is just embedded in So are culture. you going on the record saying Japanese people are crazy? No. So we just said. We're all crazy. <laughs> yeah, so but that was just they like. They just kind of catered to that more. That was just one rope, or one rope, <laughs> of one movie from like each type of fetish kind of yeah. thing. Yeah each one of those i think could probably have at least an episode oh 100 percent. but i don't think it'd be a very entertaining episode because a lot of these are just softcore porn or blurred out sex 
Yeah. Well, that's why the I think that I like the pinky because if you just because it's going to be censored anyways, like why even bother showing it? You just can have everything else, like the yeah. rope play and the fetish side of everything. Because you know. Anyway, that'll be the end of our discussion on the topic of pinku and adult video and fetish cinema of Japan. But we're going to get into our interview now with Sam Hell. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you for tuning back in. Uh, we're uh, here with Sam Hell of Baroque House. Um, so just want to kind of get into... Um, Kind of like your start with Japanese fetish, and it um, seems like you have a lot of um, influence from that. Um, so, what was your introduction into Japanese fetish? Introduction, I I would say it was more of the tumbling doll. It was not really the fetish thing. I guess I guess people can call it like it's a snuff fetish or something like that with tumbling doll and woman's flesh. And I kind of first read them on reviews on Severed Cinema, like I was like sixteen or something like that, and I would basically I. I had a big problem with gore and like fucked up shit and I couldn't figure it out and I couldn't like get through it until like I kind of pushed myself to. So before that, I would go read all the like parental advisory and, and parental things and reviews from people of like August Underground, and, uh, Necro, Necromantic and the Tumbling Doll. And, and Tumbling Doll was like the one that stood out to me because it seemed like no one really knew what it was. Right. And basically I was like, this is awesome. It doesn't look like anybody knows what's going on and nobody like really has a grit, a grasp on it besides like people who actually like have like an actual VHS copy. How old and, were you and how long ago was it that you found that movie? Um, I was maybe like 16. I was still in high school. Um, that was almost 10 years ago. Oh, so, so you downloaded it probably? No, actually I, I didn't. I actually found a uh, like a secondhand boot copy. Like, I don't even know if it was a real copy or what anything was, but that was like way later. That was like when I was like 19 or 18. Um, cause I literally just read reviews from like 16 to 17 and then like 17, I started kind of getting into horror and gore and being able to like kind of stomach it. Yeah. Then after that, I was like, all right, well, let's go watch these things that I've like read about, or I listened to like uh YouTubers review them and like, uh, talk about them, that they've got this copy of this film and, this is what it's about and this is what it looks like and this is an actual copy or this is a boot copy and I kind of just went off that and yeah. was able to just track down a bootleg copy but I would say yeah for fetish if you want to talk about like gore and adult content or stuff like that mixed together it was 100% uh, from the Severed Cinema reviews and finding uh, like a Tamakichi Anaru stuff like written by I'm saying Chris from Severed he has to be the other writer that wrote it <laughs> Yeah, but that was that was introduction. <laughs> so what uh, what fetish do you think is too much for you? Like, what's your limit? I like things. Are like are you asking like things that I'm not into? Right. Uh, like like, or, like I I'll get so far as like scat or something like that. Like is is being ye, too much? Yeah, scat would be too much. I don't like vomit. Uh, even though it's in spit and, and fluid fields, I think it looks visually like I guess pushing and shocking. But I don't like like shooting it. And, and like, like I'll do it for like friends, like because if there's people that run a, like a puke website, I'll like be their right. their videographer. I'll be that stuff like that. But as far as like having to choose, that was uh, I yeah vomit. I'm not into and scat. Definitely not into. Um, 
blood is cool to watch like piercing and, and suspensions and like blood play and needle play. Like that was one that kind of grew on me after I filmed the documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as ones I'm not to yeah, vomit scat, the, the, the more crazy, weird uh, fluid transfers, those are a little bit too much for me. <laughs> Are you are Plus. you familiar with like the Uram, the KT trilogy, and Paingate and? Um, yes, pa- Paingate was like one of the after diving into like uh, the honorary stuff. I try to find more weird Japanese stuff and basically try to find the craziest covers or the craziest like synopsis or uh, explanation of a film. And then yeah, I remember uh, there was just a small group of us like right when the Facebook groups kind of started kicking off. Uh, that were looking for uh, what was GSKD uh, like on the bootleg circuit. And we were just like, bootlegs are easy to get. So my mind was like, well, if I'm going to spend money, it's going to go to like the originals. So I like reach and like try to find those. So like GSKD or 13 ghost stories or whatever their original names are called. Pain gate was pain gate was more of an interest to cover. Like, I didn't mm-hmm. really care what they showed. It was like, it was more like this cover is like shocking. I kind of want that as like mm-hmm. on my wall rather than to watch it. Right. I feel you. Um, and a lot of stuff is like that. But yeah, uh, Pain Gate, um, some of them kind of uh, get confused with me because it's KT and then there's like a TK and then there's right. like all these crazy uh, spine PTJ number catalogs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and it kind of gets. Uh, twisted with me so it's kind of like i don't know what this is or what that is or and then someone will be like no this is that cover and i'm like oh okay yeah, so what is the reason for the abbreviations of them kind of being put into these short letter they're the spine numbers so like when you have a catalog or you shipped out uh like pamphlets uh when it came with vhs and all that stuff like you can buy tumbling doll of flesh which is like bra b-r-a-0-0-1 and people couldn't read the Japanese, so they're uh, just like, "This is BRA zero zero one." So, so people just kept classified. Yeah, so they can be like, "What is it?" Instead of saying the bloody girl with the, on the cover that's doing, th- it's like it's the one with the spine that says this. So, like, if you oh, look okay. on the original GSKD covers, it says GSKD zero zero one, GSKD zero zero two. So it probably helped distributors not have to say disgusting shit all the time. <laughs> Well, I mean, they did when they released it. Like it, like if you, yeah, yeah. Well, the thing is, they don't ship to the U.S. Oh yeah. yeah. Um. So what they made was for their Japanese population. Yeah. And so it made sense to them, and the covers obviously stand out. So they're not really trying to restrict anything. It's just more, um, when they came over here, uh, it was like on a blank VHS, and the only thing English on it was those letters on the spine. Yeah. So a lot of people just spread it around as this is GSKD, and they're like, "Oh fuck, I love GSKD." They have it in DVD, like you know. So it's kind of like they skip the real titles to kind of make up their own English titles. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So like "Lady in the Sea of Blood," it's not really. It's like that's like a loose translation of it. It's like it's supposed to be like "Beauty of the Blood," "Beauty of the Blood Sea" or something like that. Right. And I'm sure there's tons of AKAs, and it's just like there is in a bunch of Japanese films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, would you classify your films as porn or fetish? I I just see adult horror because porn. When you say porn, a lot of people turn the other way. They don't even wait to listen to like right. the rest of what you're saying. When you say adult, people kind of get interested. Adult, what do you mean? I always get that one back. 
Like I, w- I work in horror. Sometimes they're adult horror. Adult? What do you mean? I'm like, well, they're only for an 18 plus. Oh, so they have what do they have? Can you tell? Um, right. Then they'll jump into their own like, oh, so it's porn. I'm like, I guess. Um, right. Um, that's more for certain films. I wouldn't say them all. I would say only for the ones that actually have some type of penetration into it. If it's like something like uh, Spit, Spit's more of a fetish film because it, it caters with blood and it caters with uh, fluids and vomit and like restriction like BDSM and choking and candle play or, and stuff like that. So those, it's kind of like a weird mix, but since adult covers everything, I just say adult horror or adult yeah. experimental shit. <laughs> Are you ever trying to arouse the viewer with, with your movies or is it more, is it more happens to just be in like a sexual nature, but it's not like supposed to be arousing or which way is that supposed to go? I don't tend to arouse people. Like, I mean, like the goal is to, the goal is to kind of like make something that somebody is normally doesn't include what I'm showing, what they normally see. So if it's horror, they usually don't see like porn in it. And if it's porn, they usually don't see blood guts and gore in it. So So more kind of more focused on breaking taboo than you are. Um, yeah sort of like letting it be its own thing like yeah. if people want to call it porn i guess you can call it porn if you people want to call it horror i'm like well you're kind of going to be shocked i guess because it's when you see that scene it's going to throw you for a loop but the fact of like leaning one way or the other it's kind of supposed to be all like especially with the broke house it's supposed to be like 50 50 across the board yeah so like and that was my issue with a lot of like adult films and adult horror and like even tumbling doll like i fast forward like half of the movie because it's just like it was a porno and then it was horror so like right. i kind of try to keep it like if, if you're seeing someone having sex you should see like just as much gore right. and w- what i was complaining about earlier especially in the japanese subgenre of it is there's so much blurred out penetration and just blurred out everything so you're missing a quarter of what's happening on the screen um yeah that's more anyway. of a, that's so more of a japan legal issue <laughs> why, yeah. why wouldn't you fast forward through that you know yeah have you so have you had any problems about being labeled as the guy that makes porn in your personal life I, i've actually never been called that okay well it's just actually a joke between <laughs> you and nathan actually i got it from from facebook posts because you and nathan yeah, were yeah, talking yeah. about um how like oh yeah i've had that so i was just curious if you actually ever had no usually like when I'm around sex workers or around like adults, actors, they just say he kind of shoots the same type of stuff, just different. They like, no right. one really kind of calls me like a pornographer. Right. Um, because then kind of people kind of get it like, Oh, well, let me see your stuff. And then they see like someone getting cut up and they're like, this is not porn. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, the, no, that is a definite thing. And you brought up is like, it's like porn is supposed to be for um, some form of arousal. And if there's no, uh, attempt of arousal then is it classified as porn um, exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. that's kind of my thing uh, pornography has its set uh, definition adult just kind of covers like an aspect of what is adult like 18 plus type thing um, so yeah that's exactly exactly how, uh, how i do it <laughs> so are you planning on never getting into um puke fetish ever again since you said you weren't really into it before and you've done it a couple times is that just like a i'm never doing it again thing or um i i don't find any uh, any interest in doing it like at first it was there was some just because like no one was really it was the, the most the most like reason i did it was one for spit uh 
the main actress has that fetish. So I was like, okay, look, another, like another thing to kind of push time and kind of freak people out. And then we got um, Felicia Fisher on board and she for sure is right. In the into whole it. world. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so that just kind of continued. And with like, with Felicia and everybody I shoot with, I kind of add their own flair into what I'm making. So if I'm making like a horror film, and they do something already that like I didn't write in there and they want to do it. I just kind of let them do it. Yeah. And I think that is good because you kind of helped, I think probably her be a lot more what she is now, you know, especially with working with the American Guinea pig movies recently and Jonathan Doe's uh, barf bunny. And she's gotten pretty popular and uh, I kind of wonder how much that has helped. Oh, uh, well, uh, to my knowledge, uh, Felicia was kind of just doing like her thing before. And then she kind of joined in to what we were doing and then kind of clicked with horror. Right. Um, and then I get people ask and there's just backstories for a whole bunch of stuff, but like she just kind of, I, yeah, I, I don't want to take credit for her. She's obviously like doing whatever she, you know, she, she's hundred percent working her way. Yeah. But like, yeah, I, to my knowledge, she hasn't done like a horror thing, uh, like graphic horror bloody mixed in with fetish and spit and not to talk for her but to me i, th- I don't think she's done anything before that so i to this community i want to say yeah but mm-hmm. then again i i'm a person that like you know they do their own thing and oh, i'm just yeah. trying to not be in people's way <laughs> right that's respectful yeah. um do you have any thoughts about ever doing a like a documentary based on japanese fetish filmmaking Oh uh, yeah, I actually have a few ideas and uh, like on my mind, and they t- and the people that I want to do it on, I like there is a direct line to those people um, from people I know. So like I want it like uh, I know the people who did GSKD and the uh, Moon Game, which is TK some some, and I would try to email the the person who's who's done that, and they just I guess they're kind of just distant from COVID, but. Uh, some other films too that uh, I know people that talk directly to those directors and I kind of want to go do that but it's a more point of like making sure like I can get that set up before like you know just traveling to Japan <laughs> yeah have yeah. you had any other thoughts of any full length features um, besides the documentary that you did uh, well Flesh Eaters is a, Flesh Eater X is a feature length film oh, okay yeah I, um, I knew that was a little longer I just didn't know how much longer yeah, it's. I think it's longer than I cut your flesh. Um, it's maybe. I think maybe I cut your flesh is longer, but they're both over seventy-two minutes, which is okay. I guess yeah that's distribution be, label. Yeah. As far as IMDb, like if you want to go that route, there's a couple feature-length films, but they put their uh, their number at forty-five minutes plus. Oh, okay. Um, so I guess they're like I do shorts and half features, and then now I guess I'm going into the feature-length territory. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, um, I'm definitely trying to stray away from uh, short films. They help financially and can get like a bigger thing going, which mm-hmm. is always appreciated. And it can get done quick because right. my mind rattles and I like to go other places. When it's I'm easier to of... get into festivals too. Not like it, but your short films are like 40 minutes long. So it's probably kind of hard to get those in the film festival. No, not all of them. Some film festivals, they'll stop like lately short films have been like 10 minutes max or yeah. 20 minutes max. And there's a few of them that like have no limit or they're like short films, 45 less uh, feature films, 45 plus. Okay. Um, so there's stuff like that. But at the end of the day, it kind of comes down to content. A lot of people will just get their whole 
a festival shut down if they showed what <laughs> some of them right. would um, do you so mess I, with festivals or is that not worth it to you um lately i have just mainly to kind of uh push uh, push to see what people with will, will take so sometimes i'm just giving mm-hmm. people money to just uh like let me show look, you <laughs> yeah to kind of like i guess look at the film and then some of them they actually like take them or like some of them are just like they're weekly like we pick a group of films and um we choose the best out of them and i've entered a few of them and won a few of them but they're just like kind of like uh, that's a bear thing, I guess, for being a part of Filmworks, and mm-hmm. uh, that, that's their contribution. So, I mean, at the end of the day, I just kind of give money to kind of help people who are like uh, down with films and want to push films and show films. So I'm just like, whatever. If it gets shown, I get a certificate, cool. But like, if they can keep doing it, even better. So, did you start with filmmaking in mind, like when you were doing like Lost um, Witch and doing the releasing? Was like film always in mind, or you're just using that as a funding? Um, um, uh, I'm trying to see how that went. Um, Lost Witch, I think I was like 17 when I did that. Um, maybe I think I was still in high school. Um, but no, uh, when I did that, it was more of like I want to be a part of something that everybody else is. It was more of like, uh, like I still bought VHS. Like I come from like a poorer family, so like when when you went to Walmart or something, when they had the VHS and DVD, uh, I still went for the VHS because it was cheaper. Mm-hmm. So there wasn't like this thing that like I was a younger kid like playing with something that was like older than me. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just more of like it was cool. I liked what everybody was doing, and I could do it myself. So I was like, let me help filmmakers do like make more films by like releasing stuff for them. Cool, like. And then it just got more of a thing where like uh, I was spending more than it was coming in. So it was kind of useless. So I just kind of went into like filmmaking when I realized what you could do in an indie film thing or underground film thing. Like uh, I think VHS led to helping a filmmaker, which that filmmaker showed me that you could just be the director, writer and cameraman Mm -hmm. and have somebody like a Duvall from a, Donnie Darko, James Duvall, mm-hmm. I believe his name is. Like he was on set, and then Lloyd Kaufman was on set, and it was just a director holding like a Canon HD camcorder, and I was like, "Dude, you can do this. I can do this. Let's do this." That's cool. Uh, Lost Witch. Like, how many VHSs did you make of each? Kind of depends. Uh, I think a lot of them were twenty to twenty-five, and then uh, uh, when it got to Cannibal, it was more like, "I wish I could do more," but like I asked filmmakers if I can release their films to get money to get out of debt and a lot of some of them were like really nice to do that so i yeah. released cannibal at what i had um, i know you had like three green elephants that you yeah and that was mainly because i only had three of those big cases that's funny <laughs> so, and that is crazy how many people like are i actually don't understand what you guys are talking oh about, it's so uh, right? it's a whole another <laughs> underdog but there's yeah there's crazy collectors of just trying to find the all the lost one and that was always the one that was a challenging one so the lost only what? three people that have uh, lost witches lost witches before uh a broke house and before cat and molly Walsh video by filmmaking thing i did like a vhs distribution oh, and okay. basically licensed films from filmmakers or took films in the public domain and basically did what like masker was doing on a lower level uh, mm-hmm. with vhs or uh, king of the witches or uh, mm-hmm. 
the horse um, from uh, Dead Format. Um, so just basically small runs uh, licensed um, to basically help filmmakers. And I got like a couple bucks in my pocket. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was that. And it was just like a small distribution. It was, it's like basically like 2025. I think maybe Max was like Iskanoff's film where we had to do 30. And like, that was just kind of like handed that contract. Like you're doing these films and I'm just like, Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So do you ever feel stuck in, in a subgenre? Uh, I feel kind of stuck at where I'm at right now. Not really in a genre. I feel like I can make whatever. Is this more of like where to go? There's here? a lot. You sort of. It's more. Well, I kind of know where I want to go from here. It's just more of like who's going to stick around when I go there, right? And that's more of like the iffy issue. Like I'm kind of cool right here, and so like you know, like slowly by slowly, you have eighty percent people that like are down for you, but then you go another year and it's like seventy five, and then seventy, and then you kind of see yourself kind of panicking and kind of stuck in a spot. Um, I'm kind of like at that level where i want to do something different but like i don't know financially if i'm able to right and that's just more of like where i'm stuck at as far as genre like i can literally go make a comedy tomorrow and people will if they're into it they'll buy it like yeah um, I, I don't creatively and genre wise no but like just like at a platform that i am i'm kind of i could see myself plateauing and let let's stop at the morgue is supposed to be like the let's burst through this roof type of thing for me. Mm-hmm. Like, let's kind of make it to the next plateau. Um, mm-hmm. So no, not like uh, in a genre sense, but like in a like work career sense. sense yeah. 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 Um, so do you mostly film at your place for, for budget or do you shoot on different locations? Uh, I shoot on different locations. A lot of them are like hotels and like motels and student lately studios now um, or like, yeah, like a garage of mine that I kind of like fix things up to look uh, like different than what I did before. Um, not on the level. Yeah. yeah. Put a bunch like, of clear cart tarps. Sorry. I was saying put a no, bunch of clear tarps over kind of thing. Sort of, or like, just like, I'm not at the level that James Bell is where, you know, he's like, literally creating sets in his basement um but it's like enough to kind of like like change the angle change the light change like the kind of yeah the the plastic backgrounds or um use somebody else's kind of like basement garage and stuff like that just stuff that you know it's like especially out in la it's kind of really expensive to kind of get things like uh, i hear maybe like some filmmakers like oh i spent like 300 bucks and i got like the studio for like three days and i'm like i spent like 300 bucks and i got there for like four hours yeah so it's there, there's a big difference in, in, in uh, uh location i guess so i just try to use what is like people are okay and comfortable with and like uh like what's within budget like so if it's out airbnbs can you do can you record an airbnb i i think that i have actually um, I think he posted it. Um, Sam Solarno, um, there's Sam. Yeah. Sam Solarno. Uh, I helped him out and he did a uh, one out of Airbnb and I asked him the same question cause I've never done that. And the guy was all about it. Like, Oh yeah, I feel free for film here. Just take down some photos of this and that. So I guess so. I think they work based on the owners of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally haven't because then it kind of goes into the, the funding, the same amount as like a studio, like might as well kind of spend the extra, like, 
50 bucks and go get a studio. Yeah. I mean, it's probably just based off like you find this awesome thing. It's exactly what you're imagining and you could just rent it out. It's probably convenient and nice, but it's like, if that's there. Yeah. 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 It's kind of the thing. If it's there and I can get it cool, but if not, I just got to kind of like play with it and, or like play with angles, play with, uh, uh, I guess backgrounds, light, not lighting much, but like everything else that I possibly can to make it just as interesting as possible without people being like, that's a fucking bathroom in the Hilton. Like, right. That's um, not how it is. <laughs> where do you find your actresses? Um, uh, before I was just kind of hitting up people that were like into things like that. They were obviously in the line of work um, that I was kind of, that the script was kind of based off of. But then it was like kind of showing them my like reels and like prior horror films, stuff like that. And then kind of showing them that like, oh, yeah, I did this, but I kind of want to do this, but add like uh, adult content. And then they're like, they kind of, if they're into it, they're into it and, and they'll like sign up and kind of, we'll kind of basically go back and forth of like, everything that's cool and if they're into it and payment and all that stuff to basically act in the film. But mainly it's, it's uh, a lot of like uh, adult content creators and stuff like that, that, Mm -hmm. that are just through social media that they use their platform to sell their stuff. I just kind of like offer them a casting notice. (laughs) Yeah. And, and if, if through 20 of them, if one clicks cool, like, I don't, and I don't really like discriminate. So it's like, right. I ask like everybody who may be interested in the beginning now that like there is actual like talent into it and like adult actors, they'll repost something. And one of their 20,000 followers, like they're into that stuff. So then they'll hit me up. Yeah. And then, then it just kind of goes through like channels of like asking the other talent if like, cool and like if, if like i'm actually making these and i'm not just killing people you know <laughs> the, the typical uh uh questions i guess they all ask like is this guy like dependable is he trustworthy and stuff like that and then if it, yeah if it all works it works it's just kind of based off of people and now it's kind of just based off of what i made before and if they are already into that and already doing that then it works out even better yeah, because unfortunately, like not to get into rumors, but you know, people like Lucifer Valentine might put a bad taste on some actors' um, mouth just because of like potential rumors and drama. Yeah, I, I, that's kind of a big fear of mine that like um, uh, somebody says something and then they hear something off of what somebody read or somebody wrote something I said wrong or they just don't, it doesn't have to go to like me personally. There's people that just kind of make up things and then they roll with it. Yeah. Like a telephone, like, uh, Oh, uh, what's it called? This girl like got killed in my film. And then the person who like didn't see the film, but heard of it is like, I heard this guy killed some girl. Like it just kind of, then it just goes. Yeah. And then next thing you know, someone's just writing an article about you. And it's just like, that girl is like right there. We're friends. Like, (laughs) <laughs> that didn't happen yeah. so i don't like that and i very much don't want that to happen so if i work with somebody i try to have them talk to someone i worked with priorly mm-hmm. or hopefully they already know them and if like they i've never heard some bad uh remarks but like everybody's been cool and i've been friends with everybody that i shot with 
they usually back that like, yeah, he, he pays and, you know, he's like works with you or, you know, he helps you out and you can mm-hmm. go do this thing. That's not porn. It's kind of like different from what people they do normally. Have you had your actresses refuse any scenes? Not really. I think maybe like I've written stuff and they're like, oh yeah, like I don't do that. And it's like, okay, well then scratch it up. Like we're not going to do that. If, if I, if you're down to do it, and you've done it before and you're and it's your choice to then it'll stay but if it's like they're having even like the slightest like uh, then i'm like no we don't have to, no we'll just ca- cancel that like part of the scene and do something else and that's usually where i said that like uh when talent have their own fetishes and things that they're into mm-hmm. that's usually when i'll incorporate it like okay well you're into this right yeah so would you be able to do that in this instead of that scene oh yeah 100 mm-hmm. then i'm like okay well then we just replace it has it ever been a case where you've just had to replace actress altogether because she just couldn't do enough of what you're trying to portray? Uh, y- yeah, and that was... Um, uh, yeah, there's been pl- things where it's like, oh, I don't feel cool with like, like fake killing somebody and then having sex. And it's like, okay. Well, that's well, what then. the movie's about. So Yeah, <laughs> it's like, that's like kind of the, the moment in the movie. If it's like something that's like, like love dump, it's like a serial killer, you're obviously killing somebody on like... And then it's perverted acts like this mm-hmm. is in the script. It, they're just like, no, no, no. And I'm like, all right, maybe we can figure something out like a different time or a different script. Cause it's like, you just said no to like 50% of everything. And I'm not going to push you to do anything, obviously. So <laughs> has COVID made things difficult? Uh, it made things slower. I mean, everybody, I, everybody in that industry is already tested. So, and then they just kind of incorporated COVID testing. So they were cool. And then, I don't go anywhere. So it's like, Oh, cool. So there's somebody to shoot with. (laughs) I actually got a lot of cinematography jobs like that too. So do you buy the rights, the music that you use for the films? Sometimes I buy, sometimes uh, people offer their music. Uh, Like if I'm like, I need a grindcore band, somebody and like, like I have a grindcore band. I'm like, well, let me see your tracks. And if they fit like visually, then I'll add it. Mm -hmm. And then it's just more like I'll toss your name up and I'll buy the track off of whatever you have it off of. Um, but yeah, everything is usually, um, reached out to, um, aside of trailers. Um, but yeah, everything else is, uh, pretty much reached out through, uh, through band, through bands. Is there like a particular band that you gravitate towards? Like just a personal interest or like for the one that you use creatively that you tend to use a lot, like Goblin for, you know, um, Oh, like, like or something like that. They have like a, uh, what's it called? A, um, a usual collaborator. Yeah. Um, it's usually a uh, Panagiotti, uh, Nazgul, the guy who uh, he does guitars for now Acid Brain. He's a, oh, he's yeah. a Canadian guy. He, I he's usually the one that I like ask for music for, and he's just like has it done within a day. So I'm just like, okay, cool. Like yeah. I want something like Fornicator. This I track, Fluid Field VHS from him actually. Yeah, so. yeah, uh, yeah. I would send him everything basically at his music, and so. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, he would be, I'd be like, I can't contact fucking, uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Like something like, um, cattle decapitation. And I was like, so, but I need something like that sounds like cattle decapitation. <laughs> mm-hmm. So why did you change your, uh, production company name? Like, or from, uh, like Molly Walsh? Um, it, it was just mainly that, like, that was not an 18 plus group. Um, like it, it was a slasher thing. It was a PG 13 PG going into rated R territory. And then I was like, well, I want to make something with adult content. I can't obviously like move it over because mm-hmm. then it's like, 
uh, people that were like 16 or 17 buying stuff, they're now like going to be looking at something that's for 18 plus only and easy to get to. So it just went, it made sense to kind of like try to separate myself and kind of go a different route. And that, that's just the main reason for it. Um, And you kind of don't want to clutter your name and, productions with like this person has 47 short films <laughs> yeah so have you always gone by sam hell in your creative life or was there a time that you changed that uh well it was adrian Baez at first which is just his play like it's a more of a family name mm-hmm. um play on a family name and then uh that started becoming too close to reality and a little too over boundary stepping um so i went with like a another play on my name and it's just kind of been sam hell since um it's kind of easy it's just one word change one letter change um and it's like it it was more of like my aspect of like adrian Baez was like the donald glover Mm -hmm. and sam hell was like the childish gambino like hardcore rapper like kind of nerdy comedy actor yeah um so it was like pg-13 movies adults messed up shit did you ever think about adding an extra l and making it like sam hell uh not entirely because uh there's a uh, cage the rapper his thing is sam hill so oh. i was like uh oh, I two letters two uh, two names similar i think he maybe directed some horror stuff under sam hill mm-hmm. um, i actually there's... mix <laughs> i always think of you when i listen to that album yeah <laughs> now so it's funny that yeah. you brought that, that correlation up. Yeah, so it was, and I like Cage a lot, and uh, I I've tried to get music from him on there, and I've talked to him multiple times, and I'm like Sam Hill, Sam Hill, that would be kind of weird. So let me just one word it, and it's kind of like people just can say it like that. <laughs> so do you plan on cons- like the whole book going with your movie? Do you plan on continuing that a little bit? Because I I love it by the way. Um, oh, thank you. um it's sort of of like four things that are like i think are visually pleasant Mm -hmm. and or like there's some more undertone that i couldn't really show or had the budget to put in a film like i just made it a lot more in depth in books or focus a lot more on this i guess cinematography of that and put it in books yeah so it just kind of depends it's just more like if i if it's an additive like uh, the book in the short film is pretty straightforward. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's subtle storyline, but it's pretty straightforward. If you wanted to like know what I was thinking while making that or how things happened, it was just more like, okay, buy the book to kind of get like, well, that's what I started realizing. And it made it just a lot more cohesive and just kind of like understanding what you're trying to say. And, and yeah, I got what you're saying of like, just seeing it as face value, you kind of miss uh-huh. a lot. And then going along with the book, like, Oh, this actually goes a lot fucking deeper than um, anticipated. Yeah, and, it, and it's more of also to kind of show that like, we're like, uh, if I was given the money to do it, it would look like this rather than mm-hmm. this. Like, this is what we could do. This is like what was in my head. Is this what to be expected with Flesh Eater? Um, Flesh Eaters was uh, as close as my head as possible. So I don't really see a reason to. Maybe a photo book, just because there's just a lot of stills in it that I like um, that came from this, just the cinematography. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but yeah, uh, probably not. I'll probably do a photo book if anything, but there's nothing really more to kind of, I would maybe write a book of just like the story of Robin Kennedy, which is the serial killer in Flesh Eaters. 
mm-hmm. like more of her backstory. What did she do? What led to this? And then the ending. Um, but, uh, but it's like, it would be like sort of just telling the movie in words, <laughs> mm-hmm. a novelization of it, I guess. So as Silas, uh, David Masoff, uh, like, how did you get involved with him doing a lot of your artwork? Uh, how did we meet? I, I, I'm assuming he bought either was just like my stuff and I liked his art. And I was just like, let me, it's more pretty much the same way that I work with Panagiotti. I was like, I liked what they did. They could do it well. And I was like, well, how can we connect it? And when they connected, it just worked. So it just kind of keeps going and going. Like people uh, use like the same artists all the time. Yeah. And it works for them. Um, I like um, things to kind of be different. I like to use picture images on films or mm-hmm. somebody that could be like, I want a weird cannibal corpse, Francis baking type image for flesh eaters. And then they're like, well, here you go. And that was like, well, it's pretty much 100% what I said. So it's like, I'll just keep working with people who are working with me and it kind of works with like, it just fluidly, it just kind of doesn't hinder anything. There's no stopping. There's no like, well, we got to wait like a, like a month or two because uh this person forgot about it or you know just stuff like that so i was like if it works out it will just continue but that's about it um, so i had to actually thank you um for you introducing uh, i don't know if uh, anyone knows this but the artwork for the quality violent cinema like the logo and the banner is all done by him um and yeah. that was because of uh you you uh, you you recommended him because i was kind of reaching out to the community and it's like hey who knows a good artist um, that I could use because I want to start this podcast and I want to get some like things going and you recommended him and uh, I've established actually a really good connection with him and he's it's been awesome so I thank you for that recommendation oh no problem yeah so I, I like working with people that are like not to say they're underutilized but they're I guess yes underutilized like they don't they're not out there as much so mm-hmm. it's just like this uh, Silas yeah Silas is a damn good artists and i was yeah. just like well how come he hasn't done anybody's covers like so well, i was like, give well, him the opportunity that's exactly thing. so it's just more of like i'm gonna give him the opportunity and it came out badass for me so i'm just gonna keep giving him the opportunity until yeah. he says i don't want to do it anymore or uh, i don't think nothing will happen <laughs> because he's not to speak for him but he's been like at a like I guess low point in his life, yeah. and he still knocked something out. And I was like, "Dude, that's you didn't have to do that," but he still no, did it. Sure. So yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like, it, it, if it works, it works. If he's a good person, I'll mm-hmm. definitely keep using him, and he's definitely a good person. So no, I had a similar thing, and yeah, I know what you're talking about. And yeah, I had I was um, had him working on a DVD cover a little bit, and uh, so yeah, but he's doing well. So yeah, he yeah, yeah. pitched that out <laughs> for me, and it looks good. It looks awesome. I'm still for mm-hmm. it. Yeah, he's definitely a great artist, and like he's not stuck like like people say with me that like oh he only does one thing like he's Silas definitely can do like six or seven different things so i was like oh cool so it looks like a different cover every time (laughs) so what are the quintessential films uh that your audience should see in order to kind of get in the head space and proper appreciation of your films i would say woman's flesh one uh, tumbling doll i wouldn't because it, it, although it's it's similar in content it's very dragged on and i tried not to be i tried to be the opposite of tumbling doll um but woman's flesh uh vince roth and mcnard's is necro it's a short mm-hmm. film um, people keep every time i say necro people think it's necromantic i'm talking about but it's a short film from uh, uh dual directors from portland 
um, back in like 2001-ish or something like that. And Richard Kernan and uh, Kenneth Anger. Like, oh, cool. like, so, like, if people were like, you can't push short films on, like, dude, Richard Kern did that for, like, all his career. I fucking like, love Kenneth Anger, though. Yeah, Kenneth Anger, too. Like, same thing. Kenneth Anger, he's, that's his film work. Like, I don't uh, think either of them have a feature-length film. Well, that's what makes him so beautiful. And, uh, yeah, I love all, all the stuff he does. Um, yeah, yeah. Kenneth Anger, I love Kenneth Anger. I love Richard Kern. And I know Richard Kern was a big influence on Vince Roth and McNards. So, it's, like, even more so. So... <laughs> But yeah, I would recommend uh, I would recommend any of those, and you can just go watch Richard Kern and be like, I get it. It's more of a uh, newer version, like a more heightened, newer, shocking version of what he Mm -hmm. was doing. So, what are some modern, uh, more current uh, directors that you're into right now? Uh, Like interest-wise, or like well, that you either inspiration or work with or want to work with. Uh, I want to work with. I kind of work with everybody. I kind of work to uh, work with. Um, I worked with Vince Roth and McNards for that, um, and they were the ones that would be like I could push this shit farther. I would like to do something with Kenneth Anger, um, but like other people that I'm like into, they don't really like push me inspirational. They just kind of make me feel like, damn, I can't do that. Um, but uh, I would definitely want to be on set of a Fincher film or a, a Gaspar Noe film. Uh, I've Met and talked with uh, Nicholas Winding Refn, and I would definitely want to be on one of those too. But those somewhere around there, yeah, I guess um, we know would be cool. Yeah, especially now with uh, what he's doing now, it's a big change, and it's mm-hmm. still uh, changing his work. And it's kind of like I kind of want to see that him like his mindset in uh, like behind the scenes because I remember he uh, some articles or interviews he would be like I was on drugs that entire film I'm like that would seem like a horrible set to be on but now he's like I don't do that anymore so I'm like now nah, I kind of want to be on the set hmm. so what's your favorite piece of your body of work I, w- I would say Love Dump Love Dump uh, every one of them I like a lot and I like everybody who's helped and who's been a part of it but Love Dump uh, was like something I had a small idea to do and I just uh, wanted to be like a gritty, uh, shocking, messed up project from like Los Angeles, from Hollywood. And it literally just went there. And then by the time it was done and it was out, people were like kind of like treating it like it was a film that I would treat like, like me searching for GSKD was like that film to some people so i was like that made me appreciate it a little bit more like people actually care what i'm doing so i would say love dump uh, that would be like the main one but now uh, flesh eater x is kind of like meeting it or taking over so i would say but let's go with love dump for right now (laughs) so you had like a few scrapped projects um like sick lucifer uh white chapel corpse files like what are those any possible releasing to those or are they just dead sick lucifer basically was like an irreversible type film um but it was gone back to the thing of like someone was into doing it and then they were like kind of second guessed themselves and by the time it was dead so it was like i'm not gonna push anybody to do it or we already shot for three days you're locked in you have to do this scene uh i don't do that so it's 
uh, like I don't push anybody to do anything. So that one got scrapped because it was just like people were just didn't find interest in continuing it. And then sort of with the same thing with uh, like Disgorge Me, uh, that was uh, one that the short film's done. I just don't have uh, the paperwork for one of the actors and I'm not going to release it without her signature. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, it's done. It's the trailer has been released. She said she was all about it. She was also the like, girlfriend from the lead, but they had a bad breakup and I don't feel like kind of tracking somebody down to kind of like right. publicly show their old relationship. It might be bittersweet. Yeah. Not, not good. Yeah. Those two were films that I shot and either shot and it stopped or shot and completed and something happened. Uh, either paperwork wise or they didn't care to finish it but the rest were just like things i was like this is a film i have in my head or this is one i have written down and i try to go for it and just didn't seem like people cared Uh so like it never got made so it was like i like to make things but i don't like them to sit on my computer um so like i was like this sounds cool and then like everybody was like "Uh, this other film where you should do this instead. And I'm just like, okay, <laughs> like I'll just throw that one to the side. But uh, corpse files, I actually had a lot of information on it. And I had a friend of mine do like a lot of research on like crime scenes and what people's bodies can do with traumatic injuries and self-inflicted injuries. And it was supposed to be like a, uh, a, if you're familiar with the other broke titles from uh, Tumbling Doll of Flesh, and uh, if you're familiar with uh, Rare or Dead Person, yeah, or, yeah, Death, Death uh, Farm, yeah, Death Farm, and all that, it was supposed to be like one of those. It's supposed to be a face of death, mm. but one of those. So it's supposed to be like a fate rare or a fate, right? Uh, which like very effects heavy, um, not really having a like. I think the story was like a. Uh, a crime scene worker was uh, like silently taking photos and video videos from his job. Mm -hmm. And then uh, that got cut. Like I just, yeah, no one, I think what happened with that? I think somebody was bothered by it or something like that. And then it just kind of, I went into another idea and I think that was the beginning of let's stop at the morgue. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, it was just some stuff I just kind of said or I had ideas to, and then it just never came through. So with your side project, um, uh, where you're kind of like working and bringing other people's work, like what you did with uh, White Gardenia, yeah. Um, are you planning on doing any others like that? Um, and how is that doing, by the way? He wanted me to ask <laughs> Daniel. <Dick. laughs> uh, it, it's actually, there's only like 40 copies left um out of 150 it was a it's a trial run it was something that i liked i knew a lot of people weren't really uh on board i guess Mm -hmm. with because it goes into a real thing of like it's not really horror it's like performance art mixed with fetishism and um i've been hearing a lot of flack um behind the scenes of like too much fetishism in this community and a lot of people have pointed the finger that i'm the reason to like Mm -hmm. it got it got a jump in like valentine brought it here but you're keeping it here type of thing right and i'm like oh well if anything japan is you're just bringing it to the states yeah um (laughs) but it was but i was like again the one that was like who has jskd like who's got pain game people like what the fuck is pain gate and then they like go look it up like i was like oh shit (laughs) yeah one of like the 20 people that were like all about it 
And yeah. I guess now it's like a hundred people versus 20. So it's a little bit louder in communities, mm-hmm. but so, um, I don't think I am, but I've gotten some messages and like calls that are like, you need to stop putting people cutting themselves in our groups. Mm. And stuff like so any chance on a European distribution? Oh, uh, if they want to do it, I've, I've talked to a few people and it seems to be the content uh, that they're having trouble with. Uh, I think the only place that would be like suitable uh, that I've seen them release something similar would be uh, black lava, but I then hear things that they're not, they're doing selective things or they're planning on closing or they're reopening soon. So I just don't want to bother them. What about Tetro? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We don't have to get into that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know. Not to start anything. It's just, but like, no, I have uh, rules in my head that I just don't go. To. Okay. That's fine. That's fine. Um, can you s- tell us anything about your involvement with any of the new guinea pig? Yeah, I was on set as a cinematographer, a hired cinematographer. Um, and then I was just a co cameraman. And then I went back on the last few days as a full on cinematographer, okay. um, for a project that, uh, was written both by Stephen Byro and, oh my God, Eric Fox, Mike. <laughs> Um, Stephen Byron, Eric Fox, and uh, I also helped on getting some uh, people there as extras. And yeah, I was just there kind of shooting and kind of giving an unneeded input. <laughs> right. Now, some people are actually interested in saying um, they're, they're curious if you're directing um, one of the films. and But then they're like, well, if you aren't, would you be interested in directing um, one of the American guinea pigs? Uh, I'm not directing it. I can 100% tell you that. You want to see my name as Sam Hell directed. If they, if Stephen offered me to do that and handed me money to do it, and he was just there, like that's cool. Um, yeah. Other than that, I probably wouldn't. If he was just like, no, I'll take care of it. But here's the script, and here's this and that. I probably would say no. Yeah. Um, but if you just like, here's full reign. Here's some money. Um, go shoot it got to be gory and messed up i'd be like okay and then i'd give it to him but um uh outside of that no probably not well cool well that's uh actually all the questions i have for you <laughs> but um but before uh we stop is there anything you want to um plug uh what time is it it is i know you have the indiegogo have, yeah indiegogo is midnight which is, it is uh six hours five hours and three minutes away from it dropping Right. Um, well, nobody, nobody will see this by the time, so just know that. Yeah, so, I'm, yeah. Thinking, I'm thinking it's live. <laughs> it'll be um, it'll be by like tomorrow, so the Indigo yeah. will be over. Or something. Oh well, no, uh, well, Indigo goes up at midnight. It's still going to be there tomorrow. It'll still be there till the 30th of October. Oh. Um, the money is going to a bigger film, probably not horror, more of a weird drama film that I'm probably going to try to pitch it everywhere. But if you get to the goal, that'll be made. Uh, there's props that are probably not going to be there by the time this is up but i'll probably add more there's dvds and blu-rays it's only going to be on the indiegogo it's not going to be on our site it's rated r-ish so it's kind of i'm kind of going backwards but anything else like flesh eater x the triple x cannibal film a separate film you can uh, go to a broke house and get that it's feature length so if people didn't really want to look because they were short films there's a 75 minute uh, adults gore flick that you can purchase that is going to start shipping in, within a couple weeks. 
So you can still pre-order or wait till shipping to get your copy in. <laughs> Are you still doing that auction for that uh, limited VHS? That's kind of just like compilation of old things. I was looking about the auction that you're thinking about doing of selling old some old stuff and old DVDs. Uh, yeah. If you're not in the, if you don't know who I am or care about my stuff and you want to know and care about stuff, there's a group on Facebook that is strictly for stuff I collect in or put out I've made and a lot of people there buy stuff. But uh, only on that group, I'll be uh, releasing some stuff that I, back when I was like 19 made, 18 made, props from films currently that I still have here that I've like refound. And those will be like purchasable only on the group page, but you'll just send your money to the Indiegogo um, if you buy it or win the auction or be like the 30 people that I have 30 copies of. Um, Basically, if you send the money there and show me, you'll get a copy. Um, but that's on Facebook. Um, I'm sure uh, they can probably put a link to that group page <laughs> if people are interested. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely link the page. Yeah, yeah. And I wanted to say congratulations on your sobriety. Oh, thank you very much about that. It's uh, I got tested this week, but I'm still sober. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate that. Though. I'm also a sober person, and I've fallen off the wagon before. But you know, yeah gets easier and easier and easier so yeah i've kind of noted i've kind of noticed that it's this is like the third attempt i would say and it's pretty far and uh i can thank the agp5 set for that yeah i'm a, um, I'm a year sober being nose sober or <laughs> that's good though that's good um and I, that's uh that's yeah his sinuses <laughs> will thank him yeah that's true um Cool. So yeah, congratulations on that though. I'm sure your uh, work will just continue to get a lot sharper too, like as your mind gets sharper. So yeah, I mean, a lot of these projects came out of that, like being down and depressed and then just like drinking for a few days. I'm like, this sounds like a great idea. And then I like get money to bake it. I'm like, shit, I got to make this. Like, so that was being more focused on getting, making something and getting it out that this helps a lot better. Um, not to be like, drinking and making promises which is i could tell a lot of those projects that you guys mentioned earlier is from that <laughs> oh that's funny <laughs> awesome well thanks yeah, for but, doing the interview um, yeah definitely thanks for having me thanks for asking questions and kind of actually doing the research <laughs> so yeah so that was our uh interview with sam hell um uh, went really well uh i actually really had a lot of fun in talking with him um and yeah, and he's um, he's been kind of getting involved with the Discord too. And if you are uh, interested, it's a, kind of a cool thing to get involved with. We um, set it up. Uh, we'll probably set a link up to this on the page so that you can follow it. And the Discord is definitely something cool. We have some new ideas that we're going to get into, um, doing some things with Jonathan Doe and getting him uh, with Barth Bunny and doing a um, kind of like a live Q&A um, and also going to do some um, premiering of a... Uh, sneak peek to something which will be a lot of fun uh yeah so get us something to look forward to could we could we make a, a gaming in our discord we can see that'd be sweet yeah i mean that's what it's meant for maybe so. other people in our group want to like stream their games and right. like other people in our group could drop in and watch. i am all about dorkifying horror yeah. and like I, I was i've been thinking about this idea for a while of doing um magic and horror and doing like custom like um, not for magic, but basically doing custom play mats and sleeves, but do it with like your favorite extreme horror, like nice little barf bunny DVD sleeve kind of thing. 
be cool. Hell yeah. So keep an eye out on our for our Discord. Just hit us up if you need a link to that. We'll probably have have that all linked up too. Yeah. And thanks for tuning in uh, with all the Japanese fetish and all that we got into with that. I know it's kind of like uh, kind of crazy, especially with some of the stuff and the later things of the the scat and the weird, gross stuff. But that's what they're you know that's what some people are into. So no judgment. Yeah. Thank you very much. Tune in next time.